0: and welcome back aboard Costume Station Zero. I'm Bob Mitch, and today we're here with the second half of my talk with Miss Valerie Perez, where we'll keep talking cosplay, Wonder Woman, and conventions. So, hey, stick around, and here we go. You know, something Scott uh, and I have kind of talked about, and he's, I mean, he's got great examples of how it's affected his life, but how this hobby of cosplaying, or costuming, however you want to define it, has literally, it's changed his life. I know it's changed mine. Would you say it's changed yours?
1: <laughs> yes. Um, it's, uh, it's greatly affected my, my life and, and how I live it. And, um, good part of who I am. Cause like I said, it, it got me out of my shell because I started doing Laura Croft cosplaying. I, um, I had something to play with with Photoshop, doing Photoshop art. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot more of that uh, for web development and um, uh, various gigs that way. But also it's got me in uh, front of the camera more. It's Mm -hmm. got me realizing I love acting. I did a little bit of it in elementary school, no, junior high. Mm -hmm. And um, I need it. I need acting in the way a lot of people need to go to the gym to work out those muscles to be able to in my case talk to another human being and send the idea correctly
2: work out the social Um, muscles
1: absolutely Mm -hmm. and i i like having this creative inner networking aspect in Mm -hmm. my life well i find just following my interests and inspirations and putting out creative projects i inspire other people to do so and Mm -hmm. they um have similar experience where they kind of come to life and and um, find you know some happiness and spark. Mm-hmm. I think if we all just follow our inspirations wherever they may lead, we'll be you know happier, healthier people.
0: Yeah, uh, agreed. I, I know the the key for me beyond uh, having the satisfaction of representing a character that um, I love and that you or that you love, and also the satisfaction of completing one of these projects. And lastly, uh, I, to me, the key thing has simply been all the great people I've met. Uh, doing this that I definitely would not have met had I not been doing it I can't I'm having trouble thinking could I have possibly met these people if I wasn't out there in a costume to connect with them and nine times out of ten that answer is no and I can't even think where my life would be right now if I didn't know certain people even like yourself I know I probably wouldn't be talking to you right now if I wasn't at comic-con as Captain Marvel or Superman or something so
1: or a Gallifrey
0: or Gallifrey as Doctor Who yeah yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: So, uh, have you had any misidentifications in a costume?
1: Um, I have seen that happen to many uh, Green Arrow, Green Lantern, um, <laughs> the Green character. Uh, oh my gosh, Cat Women, Black Cat. I mean, I, I haven't that so I'd remember. I, I, not so I'd remember. I know when I was first doing my Laura Croft, no one knew who I was, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't care. Sure, but uh, they probably know now.
0: Yes, <laughs> Time, times have <laughs> changed. Um, so you never, well, it's true, it's hard to misidentify Wonder Woman. My thinking was maybe Zatanna or Scarlet Witch would be called.
1: Yes. A lot of people didn't know my Zatanna. I, uh-huh. I love magic. I've been sneaking into the Magic Castle since, you know, before I was of age. Um,
0: <laughs> we need to talk later. I still need to go to the Magic Castle.
1: Oh, I'll, I'll bring you. Really? I'll set you up. Yeah, let's oh, go.
0: Let's go. Let's make it happen. Awesome. Alright, done. So what is your opinion about wigs and makeup, about how they transform a costume?
1: I think on The Right Girl, wigs will transform and nail uh, a character. But um, I've tried wigs. I don't like wigs. I got way too much hair, and my head is too big to <laughs> to, 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 to consistently do a wig. So a lot of times uh, I will just stay in my own mane okay. or uh, with um, Scarlet Witch, no matter how brown or curly um, ringlet my hair can get. I still want some red highlights, so sure. I, I've, I've settled on um, colored hairspray. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's some really great natural-looking colors that come from theater companies mm-hmm. that I, I really like.
0: Yeah, I've, uh, I've done the hairspray route a few times. I'm not super fond of it, but that's if I'm trying to, you know, I've got really dark hair, so then to lighten it takes a lot of hairspray to do that um i do prefer wigs myself usually unless we're talking blonde hair because i've learned i don't have the complexion for it but sometimes i'll still fall on that sword because i'd rather have the blonde hair to represent the character than not and Mm -hmm. that's just where i come from i know some people don't care about wigs at all they never wear them regardless of how close or not they are to a character or like you they'll Try to make their own hair work, which I, I can't think is sell
1: it. I can't sell a wig. Mm-hmm. It looks like a costume. I really? I need to change my own hair.
0: Maybe you just got to get a better wig. Maybe maybe you haven't you haven't met the right wig yet.
1: Uh, you know what? Um, I I do great with the extensions and added pieces, like I've done for mm-hmm. for Laura Croft and whatnot. But mm-hmm. um, I I prefer a, a costume where I can really, you know, I can run, I can fight, I can okay. throw my hair back. It's sure. all good. Um, if I can, In most cases. Yeah, I, I want something a little bit more rugged. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess there's also a comfort issue. Some people will put up with heels. I will put up with five-inch heels all day at Comic-Con. Ooh. I really will. But the wig to enclose your, your head, your, mm-hmm. your face, that's a whole other level. I don't have to tell you with your, no. with your Doctor Who. You just got to know what you're willing to put up with.
2: True, very true. And
1: for me, I realize... I don't have the pigmentation for Red Sonya. Mm-hmm. I'd love to, but I'm not going to pull off a redhead, so mm-hmm. I'll just stay with darker hair. Okay. One of the reasons why I did Deja Thoris because it was really hurting to do like a fantasy warrior woman of some type. Mm-hmm. And I, I did love um, I, I did love um, the Frank Fazetta and that's very Boris Viejo type type artwork. Or, like I said, Art of Dragon Magazine. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do something really bad. So um, to me... Well, fantasy
0: figures, I mean, there's uh, there's always, like, Sheena or Tiger Woman or Jungle Girl or something. No,
1: no, they don't talk to me. They don't talk to me. They, they, talk, they, to they, they talk to me. Um, Lady Sif doesn't talk to me. Um, Deja did. Um okay. But you know what? I'm a little worried about myself because I look at the characters I love. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Zatanna. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dejah Deja Thoris. Yeah. Bondage issues, bondage issues up the wazoo.
0: Bondage issues.
1: Bondage issues. You got Wonder Woman with the loving submission and the tying okay, up and stuff. Okay, you got this. the Zitano with the uh, breaking out of um, those those escape uh, tricks mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul apparel. Paul apparel. I'm I'm tied up or somebody's tied up and I'm freeing the girl. Okay. You know, it's like wow. There's a lot of there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, capture. Uh-huh. There's a lot of capturing going on. Uh-huh. Um, Scarlet Witch. I... I should, I just kind of love the mentality, and I, I can relate to your uh, the good and the bad.
0: Well, going a, going away from the the deviant read on that, uh, <laughs> couldn't you also say that that's symbolic of how you break out of your comfort zone?
1: There's that. Very mm-hmm. good. <laughs> this is therapy for me. Trying to spin it <laughs> a little bit
0: differently, so you sorry, don't get too sorry. concerned.
1: And and you you're kind of surprised at what they do. Whether they take out the um, mutants in the Marvel universe, or they they want to be one of the fir- few um, characters other than Tony Stark like to drink wine, The town likes to drink wine. Uh, <laughs> Wonder Woman. You believe Wonder Woman is part Judge Dread. Mm. She is part jury, you know, judge and executioner. She mm-hmm. will she will snap Max mm-hmm. Lord's his neck. I mean, mm-hmm. think about it. That wasn't a surprise. It's scary. A woman, scary, you know, angry is scary. Scarlet mm. Witch just gets very scary. Uh-huh. Um, but they're all characters that will do what they needs to get done, and it can be a little scary. They they don't really, they're not bound in that way.
0: <laughs> they uh, they have a temper.
1: There you go. They're not about bondage. They're about liberation. There
0: you go. See, that was that was exactly where I was heading. That was my whole point. <laughs> you know, at Gallifrey, you did a femme eleventh Doctor. Now, do you have uh right because I, I know we talked Doctor Who and Matt Smith and Tennant those are your those are your guys. It's all cool.
1: Tennant was my first doctor
0: so he is he is when what we say your doctor
1: I'd have to say so mm-hmm. yes, um couldn't get behind Eckerson though no. couldn't
0: get behind Eccleston? Mm-mm. no, but and you're you're okay with Smith,
1: yeah, I'm okay with Smith at first, I was a little worried I mean the guy didn't have eyebrows. <laughs> Um, but yeah, now I'm a big fan. I should, I, I wear the bow tie. <laughs> I
0: guess bow ties are cool.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, <laughs> Zatanna, I already had a fine collection of bow ties. There you go. And reserve. In fact, when it was time to do Gallifrey, kind of last minute, because like I said, I don't m- know many Doctor Who fans mm-hmm. um, to hang out with and, yeah, like and me share. And Kelly, right? Yeah, you and Kelly, um, I know of Rachel and Nicole, but we don't really hang out that mm-hmm. much. So, Okay. um, yeah, I don't ha- I don't have many Doctor Who fans to play with. So when it was time to go to Gallifrey, I threw I threw together Matt Smith with clothes I already had. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> I already had kind of like when I did Laura Croft. I already had the clothes. Somewhere right, in me right. was a closeted Tomb Raider and a there closeted you know Eleventh Doctor.
0: Eleventh Doctor, yeah, and, uh, yeah. My friend Ewan and I have, d- have discussed how the great thing about Smith's costume is. Sure. If you want to get stitch accuracy, it gets crazy as usual and inexpensive. But if you just want like a nice look that, hey, that's the eleventh doctor. It's tweed and a bow tie, and you know all that. It's a very easy look to assemble. Um, that either should be in people's closets or very easily obtained at you know thrift stores or the department stores and so forth. So except for maybe the fez, but even that. Yeah, the,
1: the fez favorite. is the only thing I really had to buy. I mean, uh-huh. I even had the shirt. Right. Yeah.
0: So, uh, any any thoughts for uh, uh, doing like an Amy or another doctor or character?
1: I don't look like Amy, but the new companion, she's got curves, mm-hmm. she's a little darker. General
0: Easton, yeah.
1: I I'm, I might be able to embody her. I, I haven't seen her episode yet, or who knows? Yeah,
0: you still need to see Asylum of the Daleks. Where you been, man? She's,
1: I, I'm really home. I'm okay. glad I was home for this.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. Well, new new episodes are airing now as we record this. You got gotta check them out. Got to catch up. Got to keep up with your who.
1: I tell you, well, this year, uh, earlier this year, I had a bad cold, and I watched mm-hmm. two seasons of Game of Thrones, basically, mm-hmm. well, a season and a half at that point, point. Um, I'm catching up with shows all the time, mm-hmm. to Abbey, awesome, and mm-hmm. uh, so eventually, yes, I will catch up with the latest uh, doctor. doctor Who, mm-hmm. which will be great, because I'll have all of them at once, I know, when I know, so- I'm going to love something, like, um, with the latest Aquaman, uh-huh. the latest Aquaman looks like it's kicking butt, the volume one just came out, I'll go and I'll get the collection, of the graphic novel of oh, okay. the first eight. Um, so, for instance, Joss Whedon's Astonishing X-Men. I knew I was going to love it. Mm-hmm. I waited for the, mm-hmm. the first volume to come out, and it was just awesome. Awesome.
0: So you're you're a graphic novel reader. You're not a comic reader.
1: Some of them I will. Mm-hmm. Justice League, the new 52. I'm, I'm reading book to book. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's cool. Um, the Star Trek Doctor Who um, crossover yes, by Scott Tipton. You mm-hmm. can borrow my issues, man. Like I said, there, there, there's a baker.
0: There's, oh, nice.
1: There's a Baker in nice. there. Nice. My doctor. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, speaking of Baker, if you ever get back to Tom Baker, I know a character you'll probably like is Leela.
1: Leela. I've seen pictures of her.
0: Yes. She'd be the main one, I think, would be really up your alley. Um, yeah. Maybe Ace, but I'm thinking mainly Leela. hmm so I want to keep that in mind. But, um, all right. Well, you know, because, uh, hey, I think you know, no Who fan has truly earned their stripes till they've sampled some classic Doctor Who, and you've got to get some Baker in there, because... Yeah, he was he was the definitive for for many a generation just saying okay i'm
1: i'm looking forward to it i'm all looking right. forward to it i i'm um i've yeah i've got a lot on my list uh,
0: catch To catch up catch mm-hmm.
1: up absolutely
0: yeah i hear you uh so let's uh get back to conventions um now uh i talked to people and they all have a favorite convention you've said big wow now the, here's my thing You've done Comic-Con. I've done Comic-Con. We both know the drill with well, that.
1: Yeah, Comic-Con stands on its own. Yeah, it WonderCon kind of compares to it. It's kind of like the Golden Globes to the Oscars. It's okay. got the same star power, but mm-hmm. it's not as um not as big a production.
0: Okay. Good good way to put it cuz I've only been to WonderCon the one time and you've got a sense of it
1: Well, obviously. if you went to the Anaheim, yes. it's not like San Francisco. Okay. It, it it's it's it was more spread out. It was it was a little Um, It wasn't quite WonderCon in in many ways. Um, We might never come back to San Francisco, but let me just tell you, it was was like a Comic-Con, but to go from the dealer's floor to a panel to the main room, you could do it all in 20 minutes. Sure, yeah. I mean, imagine jumping around to the big movie panels to a, a smaller comic book folks panel and doing serious shopping all in 20 minutes a la San Diego but in a cooler environment
0: it's impossible <laughs> San, in San Francisco yeah, yeah. With, with
1: with a lot you know a lot of good food at mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> okay so uh, things were uh, more compact in terms of space and I'm guessing lines weren't as bad
1: no lines wasn't bad at all um, but you know what San Francisco uh, WonderCon it was blowing up because a lot of people didn't want to deal with the lines
0: at, 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 at San Diego yeah I've kind of heard this yeah and mm-hmm. it
1: was near spring break so it was a good time to be off and it it. Bay Area Con's been there for a long time, so it had a steady following. Mm -hmm. It it was, um, it was starting. It was definitely growing.
0: Okay. Well, I've been. You know, I did enjoy it in Anaheim. I'll certainly go next year if it stays, and even if it doesn't, I'll make the effort to try to go back up to Frisco because I need to go. We talked about that. Um, But of course, really, uh, I want to talk Dragon Con uh, because I've never been, and you've been several times. So what's the what's the cultural difference between Comic Con and Dragon Con? Uh,
1: Haven't been several times. I've only been once. Oh,
0: I thought you'd been a few times. Sorry. No,
1: I've gone to... Um, it feels like it because I've I've shot in Atlanta for Paul Apparel several times. Oh, okay, okay. But Dragon Con is more of a fan event. Mm-hmm. I love the term uh, fanboy Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. You're... Yeah fan, Mardi Gras. Um, It's costumer-focused. It's not about the artists that kind of lost in the shuffle. It's not about the shopping, which is kind of spread out in little rooms over four different hotels.
0: There's not like a big dealer's hall.
1: No, there's Mm -hmm. little dealer's halls. It's mostly about um, hanging out in costume and um, um, the photographs. Mm -hmm. Um, There'll be a lot of themed events and parties. There'll be a Yule Ball for Harry Potter. You know Harry Potter? Yeah, I know Harry Potter. Okay, so Yule Ball is like the big almost Cantillion the ball that gets together with um, all the wizards and witches, mm-hmm. and there'll be a couple different theme parties in one night, so you might start out in pirate uh, gear, and then by the end of the night, wearing a toga. Uh, as you do. As you know, as you do. You do a lot of costume switching. a lot of costume switching during the day. It's it's more all ages, and then at night, that's where I could probably wear my Dejah Thor, is where mm-hmm. you can wear the more skimpier uh, fantasy costumes and, mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. There are armies of celebrities walking around um part of these events there's these different tracks there's a sci-fi track there's a buffy track Mm -hmm. there's um, harry potter's there's there's um there's reenactment there's historical reenactment groups as well Mm -hmm.
0: is this like steampunk as well or no there's steampunk Mm
1: -hmm. um i've definitely seen steampunk growing Mm -hmm. i know i'm working on my own original steampunk costumes very cool first original um design but uh there's a, a, a lot of great um, tracks, and you can, if you're a fan of multiple different things, um, Josh Weed and what have you, you can revel in all of them, and you even party with some of the people that worked on these. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike Comic-Con, which is almost like looking at them across a the table or yeah. through glass. Yeah, they're wow. hanging out and having a drink or, or a beer. Mm-hmm. They're part of the parade. The parade is something that really sets apart the event. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, yeah, we've, be- we've all seen armies of stormtroopers, but have you seen an, um, a huge pack of Klingons, a motorcycle back? Right. My God, that, that, that is something to behold. It's an image, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, it, I mean, I've seen the videos of the parade. It's, it's a sight to behold. You see all these different groupings of huge mass amounts of people representing a certain show or genre or, or movie. Um, yeah, it's very impressive. I'll and the that.
1: crossovers are amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fan crossovers, the current moments. I, I think I told you earlier that a little kid ran up to the tick and gave him a spoon. And mm-hmm. he held up and said, spoon! And Neo walked by and he goes, there is no spoon. Perfect. I mean, just all these crossover moments happening, mm-hmm. um, dominoing effect all around you all day long.
0: I mean, it, it happens at Comic-Con, but it feels like it happens like... Well,
1: the 80% of-, of attendees are in costume. Right. We're talking screen accurate than, yeah. Robocops mm-hmm. to... Um, I still love the Popper Smurf example. This guy just painted his face blue, wore red pants, and then put cotton balls over his chin.
0: Nice. Nice. So all levels are accepted here. Mm-hmm. Sure? That's that's cool. It's funny to me because uh, Dragon Con, I mean, I, I know mostly from uh, my friends on the East Coast uh, who are part of the Pride board and they do the Doctor Who stuff. So that's where a lot of my information comes from. And most of the photos I always see are from you know, the, the big you know p- particular <laughs> shoots of a group like who were Star Wars, uh, the parade, and a lot of shots in the lobbies of various costumes. I rarely, if ever, see shots of a panel or a dealer's room, which I think is kind of interesting. Is that um, just not allowed, or people just aren't bothering to take photos? Anymore?
1: Um. Well, they from what I remember. Um, there were a lot of uh, fan, a lot of fans talking to fans. Mm-hmm. There's uh, it's pretty tight. It's not that picturesque, mm-hmm. and in terms, of, I never went to hear someone talk. I never went to an appearance of somebody in particular. Because why would you go um, do that when you can hang out and have uh, have you know beer with them or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or something later in the lobby? Well, it's it's cool just that, party with them.
0: It's cool. There is the access to the stars like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of the smaller uh, British conventions, uh, the one I went to and uh, a number I hear about, it sounds like that's more the culture. Whereas obviously, you compare it to a, a creation con or a comic con. And it's definitely not that case at all. They have handlers, and there's a definite separation that usually is going on. You
1: definitely need that at Mm -hmm. Comic-Con when you can turn into a huge mob Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And Creation, um, uh, Creation's getting more uh, creative with the way they have the fan interactions where they'll have yoga with the star, breakfast with the star, cabaret night with the star. Mm -hmm. My very first convention was the very first Xena convention. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, me and my mom went, and I, thankfully I got tickets advanced because it sold out, and there was a oh, lot wow. of people that turned away. Mm-hmm. And now, um, since then, a lot more of the stars have come to the events and start hosting cooking workshops oh, and wow. whatnot. It's it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. They get really um, creative in different ways. But then you have to pay for each one of those yeah. entrances, and it's kind of indicative of at least L.A., yeah. where it's almost like this farm. Uh, If you come in, get this ticket, come in, get that ticket to get into this line, to get this product, to get this signature.
0: Go into this line to get a ticket to go get the signature or (laughs) product or whatever, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: That kind of stinks up most L.A. events, I think. Mm That kind of middleman trying to get their their buck. And I don't deny them um, their buck and and what have you. Um, It doesn't really feel like something that's celebrating a certain...
0: no. No, it it misses that special, um, the fan run vibe because most fans are there. We're there to have fun and enjoy ourselves and just hang out, which is great. Why, um, you know, a lot of the celebrities I met at, uh, Gallifrey one, it's not really like that. I mean, maybe you pay for an autograph, but for the most part, it's easy to run into them in the halls and have a drink and, you know, talk to them for five minutes. It's great. It's nice to have that approachability. I
1: th- oh, I talked about the difference between Comic Con and Dragon Con, where Comic Con has largely been about um, business. Before, people in the industry, artists, um, comic books, toys, they were largely there working on their projects, but now there's also armies of producers that come in and uh, studios that are buying up more uh, hotel blocks.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: So now you have. Many more professionals going to do business, treating it as a business trip and those dollars. Mom and pop families can't compete with the the money that they're putting toward it as a business trip, as opposed to them uh, enjoying it for a family vacation or what what have you. And it's kind of become the pop culture version of cons or Sundance, Comic Con. So when you go to Dragon Con, it's all about the fans' love of it, and you see a lot more of that. Though, you see more interesting things like the film festival there. We we're talking about this earlier where uh, more meteor projects are are being showcased there.
0: It sounds like it's something I really do need to check out. Uh, we, we hope that next year we can we can finally go at least check it out once.
1: Don't don't, yeah, don't go alone, plan your friends because it's I'd hate to be alone alone in the crowd. Sure. At, at Dragon Con. Sure. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. it's great. So you hear about a lot of the different little micro events and parties and whatnot that yeah, are happening you, there. Yeah,
0: you had said that uh, you you wouldn't want to go alone to Dragon Con, but you'd be uh, okay going alone to Comic Con?
1: Yes, actually. Um, Sam mentioned that this year because he ended up walking around a lot by himself and it was fine because mm-hmm. you have uh, a lot to check out and entertain you. But Dragon Con, there's largely a social aspect
0: mm-hmm.
1: of the experience. I see.
0: I see. All right. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I guess I could see that because certain booths are, are very well catered to having fans come up and, and do some kind of interactive thing like take a photo or, I don't know, take some kind of a test or something. You can do
1: shopping. You can yeah. go see panels. Um, there's a lot, there's lot, lot more panels, I'll bet. A lot more panels. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: I know that uh, my friend took his kids to some kind of interactive gaming area that was in one of the hotels. I didn't even know about it because I'm not as big into gaming, but again, who knew? I mean... More cool stuff to do, I guess. But you're right. I didn't think about that. Um, I'm sure I'm going to like Dragon Con. I just hope I can get out there soon. It's just always, as always, a matter of timing and money, timing and money. Um, Because pretty much if I do decide to go, it'll mean sacrificing Comic Con for a year.
1: Wow. Tough call. Sophie's choice.
0: Sophie's choice. But, you know, I've done Comic Con straight um, since 2001. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, and the, the crowds do get to me a little bit. Overall, it's still a great time, but... There's a part of me thinking maybe a break might not be a bad thing. I don't well, know. be
1: prepared for for still more crowd in DragonCon. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh, yeah, you could still. It's it's almost like Mardi Gras, which mm-hmm. I understand is just a sea of people. Mm-hmm. Who you're with is a big part of DragonCon. Sure. And there's still a lot of great people to to meet and mix with over there. But.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, luckily, I, I'm I'm pretty in with a lot of the Doctor Who crowd there through the, the forum. Oh, so I'm sure. So I I'm I am not worried at all about finding people to hang with. Um, yeah, so ho- hopefully it'll, it'll happen. I know that Andy, uh, who runs the Paradeon Academy board, he organizes pretty much the, the Doctor Who part of the parade and everything. He, uh, he and I have often talked about it'd be great if we could just kind of combine the East and West Coast parts of fandom for once, but of course money always prevents it. And uh, So one of these times we're both trying to swear to each other that he'll come out at least for, for Gallifrey and I'll, I'll get out there for DragonCon. So
1: All in the planning.
0: Yeah, all in the planning. I know, I know. What would you say has been your most challenging costume to put together?
1: Well, my most challenging piece was definitely the Scarlet Witch headpiece, which ended up just had to be sculpted, and that was done by a friend of mine. The issue of being naked for Dejah Thoris, um, that that was a, a definite question. I mean, basically all she wears is strategically placed jewelry. Right. Um, how how was that going to be able to walk outside my door? I mean, to wear it for for Comic-Con, I had to um, uh, sew in skin-colored pieces into the cups, but mostly um, not so much the cups, because they do have these big green jewels Mm -hmm. to cover the the front, which seems to be fine, but what gets you thrown out is if your butt's showing. Too Uh, much of your butt, so uh, I had to... Put um, skin-colored um, material inside the framework there, ah. cover it up, make sure be okay. And one thing I like to do is usually a sash, mm. a kind of... Um, it's one of my belly dancing scarves. Gotcha. It just seems to add to it and make it seem like a bit more royalty.
0: Mm-hmm. Belly dancing, you really are. have come out of your shell there. That's... that's
1: <laughs> I, I love to dance. I love okay. to dance. It's true. I love dance and martial arts, which is very much the same. Mm-hmm. It does feel like dancing. It's mm-hmm. my favorite form of exercise.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, hey, at least you're having fun, right?
1: why else would you do it?
0: Right? No, exactly. Yeah. I mean, exercise without, I, I, no, I tell you, I'm not a fan of going to the gym, even though I force myself to do it. It's like, you
1: know. I'm getting into weightlifting more. I've, mm-hmm. I am enjoying that. Thankfully, I Johnny's um, all knows all about uh, training for that. And mm-hmm. if I was ever to seriously do uh, another uh, project, especially something that was was not my property but I wanted to go you know all out for it I, mm-hmm. I definitely have to get more of a physique mm-hmm. I mean I sit on my butt all day
0: <laughs> yeah yeah um I, actually there's there's a whole other thing that I know a bunch of us have talked about is almost like a you know a, a, a diet for cosplay the con diet and the getting yourself into shape which I realize partly it's hey I want to look good in spandex for this character but also partly hey you know what this has the side benefit of actually being good for you and trying to break those those unfortunate uh, sedentary geek habits we all have of wanting to sit in front of a computer all day. It's tough. It's really tough. But I think that is a side benefit, actually, of cosplay. I know that uh, every year we do it. Sad thing is, we don't stick to it. You know, then we'll slide off. And like anybody else who's been on a diet for several months, great, we achieved our goal and we looked good for that one con. And then you're back at it the next year, which is awful. It's it, it's a bad cycle. It's. So
1: uh, you just got to build good habits. Yeah, I know. I mean, some people do it to amazing art form. I mean, Danny and Callie are amazing shape. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God, I used. Um, the, I was fortunate to have them as villains in one of my Paul Perils. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just like they're in villain shape, man. They yeah. kick anybody's butt. Would, mm-hmm. uh, all the more reason to inspire you to have good habits to, yes. to, to keep that up. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And the skill set. I mean, the skill set. If you have the skill set of one of your characters that might be good with size or mm-hmm. a quarter staff or sword sword play. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you might enjoy doing that. I mean, Laura Croft. I, I loved the hiking. I loved the, the spelunking and the climbing. It was great to have excuse to put the costume on to boot and film yes. it. Mm-hmm. Sounds <laughs> like
0: it uh, helped you with location work as well.
1: Oh, I love location work. I, mm-hmm. I love um, taking shots, half interesting shots. And nice having that catalog. Because if, if you're a girl, a filmmaker, you pretty much have to base your stories on what you ever have access to. Oh, yeah. So, what costumes, what props. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of like when you put together a character portrait, um, you're cosplaying for a certain uh, genre, mm-hmm. what do you have access to?
0: hmm very true well especially for something like that you got to save the money but you want to also put as much production value into it as possible so what do you got you know what do you have access to and what can you get for free what can you get for cheap and you, you know, learn to get work. resourceful yes very resourceful.
1: tenacity and, and resourcefulness mm-hmm. it's, it's all in the planning. you can I'm make a, anything happen
0: i'm much more a fan of location work than in studio even though studio have more control but um you know that to me the location always adds more value depending on where you're shooting but usually that's more
1: or, or what you're shooting mm-hmm. i mean if you if it's something that you need to probably Photoshop anyway because it's fantastical. Yeah. Um, I just did my first location uh, shooting um, photo shoot for Dejah Thoris. Mm-hmm. This place I knew where it had these great roughly hewn rocks, but they were they were steps. It was like it was like a castle almost, mm-hmm. and I just had to drop in the Martian backscape, and it worked.
0: It did. now I saw it on Facebook. It looked great. Where um, can I ask where you shot that? Um, Riverside. Oh wow. Yeah. We might, I might need it for a Doctor Who location. I'll have to pick your brain about that.
1: Oh. Uh-huh. Well, by all means, please.
0: All right, yes. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm talking to my friends about doing, because, you know, the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who is next year, so we're th- talking about doing some kind of, not, I don't want to get crazy with, like, a multi-level half-hour film, but some, like, a fun maybe five or ten-minute piece that would kind of feature all the Doctors, you know, be a big 50th anniversary love letter to the show and pick some cool locations that the, the, the BBC would have found worthy in the 70s to shoot some alien planet you know nice. some, someplace quarry like or something you know
1: there are actual quarries mm-hmm. I mean I shot a lot of Tomb Raider stuff in quarries nice old mines we'll talk absolutely
0: <laughs> we'll talk find, find some cool caves I was I was already thinking about Bronson cave or something like that but that might be for something else but yeah we uh
1: Bronson's caves if you have to do something really quick mm-hmm. um that place in Altadena Mm-hmm. That silver mine that's flooded,
2: mm-hmm. that's really nice. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, depends on what gear you have to lug into, which was really great about Lara Croft, is everything I had was rugged. Right. I mean, I could even hike in in my clothes. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing Doctor Who, if you're just suddenly peering, like transporting down to the planet, or yeah. suddenly, you know, moving in by a blue box, um, you don't <laughs> look... Yeah, exactly. Materializing. You you don't look haggard at all.
0: No, no, no. That will get... Well, Fine. Yeah, I just realized from everyone we know we can feature some cool villains and we a TARDIS and hopefully it'll be neat. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's all going to be, it's always down to planning and getting time. But anyway, um, so uh, what is the most important thing you've learned in this hobby? Uh,
1: it's largely personal, so um, know what you're doing it for so you can have fun, so mm-hmm. you can have fun with it. What are your values? Some people wear it to, as for me, promote a character, celebrate a certain... Um, ideology mm-hmm. mythos um other people love to wear it to get attention mm-hmm. other people can make a few bucks with it yeah so know why you're costuming and um so you can have a good time you know focused on why you're doing it because there's a lot of ego tied up in cosplay there can be there's it can be kind of cliquish yeah.
0: um it's a, no you're right it, it is i've I've. I've encountered it
1: mm-hmm. so i just want to keep it positive and
0: yeah and uh yeah, and fun. Yeah, well, as I've said this many times. It's human nature, I think, for that to happen in almost any endeavor, and cosplay is no different. We know that, so yeah. Just I, I try to tell people, yeah, share the craft, and you know, if you find yourself doing it, and I think at some point, it, it, it always creeps up a little bit. You just fight it back. You know what? We're all in this together. We're all we all love this character. We all love doing this. Let's mm-hmm. just enjoy it. So, I I also like to ask, what is your stance on? screen accuracy versus going for the general look of a character.
1: Um, well, if it's from artwork or from TV and film, I mean, for TV and film, ideally you're casting somebody who's really close to that body type, who has attributes that's going to go with the, mm-hmm. the look, so you can get as accurate as you can afford to right. um, with film or, or TV. I definitely try to do that with my movie, Laura Croft, try to get as accurate as possible in all ways. Mm-hmm. Um, went and got the exact shoes, uh, found the backpack maker, you know, um, tried to... I, I can't braid, and quite frankly, I have a lot of hair, so it took three women to first <laughs> put my hair in that that, um, that really wild, um, um, is it French braid? Absolutely. Um, if you're doing interpretive artwork, mm-hmm. then um, I think it depends on the eye of the beholder what oh, your yes. personal mm-hmm. reaction is to it. Mm-hmm. And artwork, you can kind of float from panel to panel. You right. just got to choose what traits you're going to lock into on and then the proportions that will make it come across on on your on your body type
0: and certain artist interpretations and so forth. Yeah, and you seem to prefer that actually to to. Be, I mean, a lot of your characters seem to come from comics than certainly from TV. Yeah,
1: video games, comics mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess if you've figured out how to do it for movie and TV, it's not as much of a challenge, and I do like the interpretive aspect of it. And you see a lot more of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you see physically how it's done, you mm-hmm. can get it out there. Sure. Um, easy enough. Um, TV and film. I loved being the Angelina Jolie, lorcroft spell, and um, I'm definitely gonna keep on. I, I'd love to do '60s Catwoman more and mm-hmm. and uh, perfect a '70s Wonder Woman for me, mm-hmm. absolutely. But um, I guess very rarely do I feel to. Um, there's not as much challenge because it's been figured out before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, if I was if I could be a dead ringer for something that I love, then I'd go for it
0: well I mean that's that's actually the other half of that battle is casting yourself you clearly have done well in casting yourself well in these roles or accepting you can do a role when you were talking about Wonder Woman and seeing the artist's interpretation you felt fit your your look which I think is silly you look great but I understand you want to feel like you, you can do it you need that confidence boost so my my thinking is simply that If you felt, oh, my gosh, this this character looks so much like me, do you pursue it simply because of that? I mean, I think you— No. Yes.
1: No, I I can't. I I have to enjoy the character. I have to embody the character. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into this. I mean, unless you're independently wealthy, things Mm -hmm. can come a little easier because your resources aren't a problem. Um, Why are you doing this? Blood, sweat, and tears. I I need to believe in something, Mm -hmm. um, enjoy something. Mm -hmm. Um, want to see more of it in the world mm-hmm. in order to uh, put the time time and the energy to to, to make it happen. Exactly. And I, I guess if you do something, TV or film, it's, be frust- it's the most frustrating because you're trying to get it just like something else. Mm-hmm. And you're already working against you because you don't have similar conditions, the same person. I don't know. I, I rarely would, would um, for myself probably feel the calling to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't we talk a bit about Paul Apparel so that people can know where to find out about that stuff.
1: Paul Apparel. Okay, so um, Paul Apparel is an uh, original character by Atlanta Studios, and it was a comic book first, and when it just started it out, I was approached by them to do some modeling and, um, uh, and eventually producing live action uh, live action tales mm-hmm. And most recently we Done a full pilot, 30 minute pilot That was entered into Comic Con mm-hmm. And that was called Midnight Whistle You can check it out at MidnightWhistle.com And it's The first full um, Story of Paul That we've done We've done a couple mini web episodes, and Like I mentioned earlier That, that test traps the flames right. Which I'd like to go away But mm-hmm. um, But we're currently using the success of Midnight Whistle. It's outsold everything Paula's done ever since, all put together.
2: Great. Great.
1: And using uh, that to uh, um, bolster some interest in getting a feature put together, thinking of doing a low-budget full feature. Um, That's actually in the works with uh, distributors and whatnot, and Mm -hmm. that might film next summer. Very cool. Mm -hmm.
0: Very, very cool. Well, um, is there any other place on the web that uh, they can check it out or check out any of your other costumes?
1: I'm working on uh, launching ValleyPerez.com to have all of this uh, information, photos. I've never posted my my costume um, project uh, development pictures or information on locations for Mm -hmm. shoots and whatnot. And... I'd like to finally get it out there because I've, I've gotten questions over the years about Wonder Woman costumes and whatnot, and it's actually a really long answer, a long bit of writing to do, and, and I just think I just need to put it up somewhere. I can just point people to it. Um,
0: well, yeah, it should be very helpful to have a, a FAQ, or FAQ on that since, uh, you know, I've, I've done breakdowns on various Doctor costumes and uh, also for other costumes that uh, friends or my girlfriend have done, like the Mavellans and Dodo, so I think it's, it's just good to have it out there, good to have the information. And I think for Wonder Woman, that's a no-brainer, certainly coming from you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Yes, I look forward to uh, contributing that way. <laughs> um, right now, valuepress.com points to my official Facebook page where I started posting my own cosplay coverage. Uh-huh. But uh, I should be launching that site soon with um, as much information I can just put out there for anybody who's interested. And when you have pictures like Deja Thor's, which might not be work-safe, mm-hmm. you, you tend to not just want to put it Something out there that might uh, feed other places that they're not asking for it. Right. I had a friend named um, a friend Jack who, when I posted just one Deja Thoris picture, he was having computer trouble at his work, and the <laughs> IT guy came and he and he says, you know, look, when you go to this browser and there's my Deja Thoris picture mm-hmm. coming up full screen, uh-huh. and you're just sitting there quiet, and the IT guy didn't mind, but yeah, I need to put my stuff stuff somewhere where I don't have to worry about, um, uns- you know. Unwantingly putting something out there people aren't looking for. So, right. Finally, I'll feel free to post everything there. But until then, find me on Facebook or Twitter and uh, yeah, ValeriePerez.com. Okay. And check out TearsOfTheDragon.org for uh, our Laura Croft um, opus, yeah. Mm -hmm. Fan film. And uh, let's see, for Paula Peril, I think the earlier webisodes are still available for um, download to watch online. Mm uh happily they've retired the trapped in flames dvd but the other ones should be available
0: awesome i'll make sure to post these links in the uh the post when this episode goes up one last questions i like to ask people is uh what is your number one advice to give to beginning cosplayers
1: know what you're doing it for so if you know um if whatever it'll take to have fun um to enjoy yourself i mean if if you know what you can handle, you can handle the heels, then go ahead and wear the heels. But if you want to be Deadpool all day, wear more sensible shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you can't wear a mask all day, try to go for something else. Absolutely. Um, whatever. Uh,
0: so uh, so have fun and wear sensible shoes. That's the, that's the advice. The, be
1: good to your feet. Be good to your feet. It's a lot about the shoes. One of the reasons why I love my Wonder Woman boots is that they're so comfortable and mm-hmm. light.
0: Nice. Nice. Absolutely. Be yeah. good to your feet. I, I don't know how you deal with the heels. I wear a Cuban heel for uh, Doctor McCoy in Star Trek, and at the end of the day, my foot is just killing me.
1: It doesn't have to be that way, boy.
0: What do you mean? it Doesn't have to be? It, that you way? You
1: don't have to be uncomfortable.
0: Well, I mean, but you got to wear the right boots. Got to have the Cuban heel and the pointed toe. You got to have the, the right look, man. So
1: are they not broken into enough? I do they guess have that's enough? it. That that's... And I'm just
0: not used to heels.
1: So you can you can try stretching. A well-made shoe doesn't, you know, won't hurt. You can you can talk to a shoemaker to try and. Uh, and uh, see what would be to take more comfort.
0: Hmm. And I do put those uh, gel guards in there too, but they only help so much. So, what's your favorite material to work with?
1: My favorite material, I, I would have to go toward the ones that look the best, and I love leather and I love latex. Mm-hmm. Latex. Oh my gosh, a wonderful material. Sadly, not appropriate for many costumes, mm-hmm. but when you, they are. Uh, uh, for instance uh, early Laura Croft models mm-hmm. they wore the latex top and uh, I had one made what an amazing material mm-hmm. it holds you in and shapes you um, where it needs to but yet it doesn't flatten you it doesn't flatten the chest it mm-hmm. just it's like it just perfects your, your shape mm. um, it is a very delicate uh, material and depending on what color you get um, the different colors are um, different levels of um, whether or not it's reactive or will mm-hmm. turn colors with uh, sunlight or or with the glues you use, but um, or even reacting to metals. But latex is is an amazing material. That uh, surprisingly, you don't, ladies, you don't have to really wear a bra underneath. But will give you enough support, but won't, like I said, flatten you. Mm-hmm. And um, if I was to do my another costume of latex, I'd probably do a raven for the dress. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really great for comic book costumes because you get that painted on look. Mm -hmm. and again idealizes your form and i think we talked earlier about spandex being a privilege not a right yeah with latex you got to take care of it and yourself i mean it won't have integrity if you don't Mm -hmm. i mean you i i have to keep my nails a certain you know length putting it on or else you put your finger right through it you can wear Mm -hmm. gloves you got to baby powder it you got to polish it up a little bit but if if you if you're taking care of yourself in it it's it works great
0: Good to know. I, I can't see uh, spandex coming into any of my costumes. I'm sorry, uh, latex coming into my costumes in the future, but uh, food for thought. It
1: depends on the artwork you're going for.
0: Right, right, right. What, what is next in your convention uh, schedule?
1: Let's see. I think I might be doing the New York uh, Comic Con. Mm-hmm. I might be taking Paul Apparel there. Mm-hmm. And I've been meaning to get back out there since um, doing Wonder Woman. I've made um, good friends with... Uh, Christy Marston, she's the granddaughter of the creator of Wonder Woman, mm. and uh, been quite a big supporter, and invited me to come out to the family's, you know, Wonder Woman museum. I, nice. I gotta hit that nice. up. Man, it's an invite that I don't want to go stale. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, you want to go back to England, right?
1: Yes, I would love to go to England. Sadly, we missed out. The Bristol show there um, screened Laura Croft and invited me to emcee the event, and I got really sick, and I I missed it. Mm -hmm. But I definitely would love to go out there and see some of the Doctor Who exhibits.
0: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. It's a good time. I gotta gotta see the experience myself. So, uh, you know, all these costumes that you wear, Zatanna and Wonder Woman and so on... um, not very big on pockets. So what do you do about the practical side of costuming there? You
1: know, that's one of the things I loved about my Laura Croft. She always had a backpack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
1: And it's one of the reasons why my Wonder Woman started wearing cape. Uh, I could have a little pouch the same color as my bloomers and kind of dangling off my belt. Mm-hmm. You would, wouldn't see it from the back or side with um, with the cape on. Now, my first Satana long coat, there were hidden pockets. It was a magician's coat.
2: Ah. Uh... <laughs>
1: fine that way mm-hmm. um this is where the costume wrangler comes in yes i, I didn't really uh, want one in the beginning but as you get a more uh, uh elaborate or skimpy mm-hmm. costume yeah. it's good to have a wrangler i mean my dejas stores, i'm not hiding anything is, no. there's nothing to hide there
0: vicky calls them sherpas sherpas <laughs> yes Nice. Yes. So there you go. Another terminology for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically you're saying uh, find a way to hide the pocket for certain things, uh, like money and, and maybe an uh, well, ID I, I, or something. I'll
1: tell you a secret, which is probably um, not a great idea mm-hmm. altogether. But sometimes when I'm doing appearances, um, sometimes I go places I'm alone or I can't get access for a second uh, person to go. I often will um, bring a little pack, which, girls, you've probably seen this, like a party yeah. city or whatnot. Little, little ballerina shoes that you can slip out of your heels and put this in there. Mm-hmm. Um, put your, sh- you know, put uh, some comfortable shoes, little ballerina flats, to walk home in. Mm-hmm. In that little uh, pocket, I would put some money or some lip gloss or what have you and I'd hide it in planners I hide it in plants or little <laughs> knickknacks that's happening at the venue nice. that people really don't look in unless they were mm-hmm. I don't know cleaning up afterwards so mm-hmm. for half an hour or so or for some photo ops I'll go stash something nice. like a squirrel hole and I'll come back to it later mm-hmm. but it, I realize it has to be stuff that I'm prepared to lose okay but yeah lip gloss 10 bucks and and what have you it's no problem just you know use underwear to hide your room key there you go
0: there you go yeah or slide it in the boot as i like to sometimes do with
1: oh i badge. love boots mm-hmm. yeah it's good for that most of my things wear boots i sometimes i'm even as a with the thigh high boots mm-hmm. that's cool
0: yeah yeah i know that uh my only thing is uh you know uh, terry often has a little pouch but usually she'll stash it at uh, one of her friend's booths or something and uh the other thing i find that uh Is when I have stuff with me, I mean, yeah, if it's something compact, you can hide nice and you're prepared to lose it. That's great. Unfortunately, there was a con where I had a bag of stuff. I set it down for literally a minute, maybe a minute and a half. Gone. Taken. That was at Comic-Con, so, uh, perils of Comic-Con, folks.
1: I'm sorry, pal.
0: Yeah, yeah. Even Superman gets his stuff stolen. Yeah, could you imagine that was my Clark Kent suit? I'd be stuck as Superman for the rest of the day.
1: Oh, no. Just
0: saying. (laughs) Um... So, uh, with, with all the different characters you've done, and it sounds like uh, you you outsource a lot. Do you consider yourself a costume wearer or a costume maker?
1: I'd say I was more of a costume wearer. Mm-hmm. And about the performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of skill sets I don't have. I don't don't sculpt. I, I'm not a blacksmith. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know what I like. I know what I want, and I'll actively go and and uh, work with templates and proportions and designs and getting materials and doing what I can to support and make it as specific as possible and trying to figure out all the physical uh, troubles that you have with, you know, support. I mm-hmm. mean, one thing about Wonder Woman, she doesn't, she, it's, it's strapless. It's strapless. Yeah. And you've got a lot of weight to hold up on top with your breastplate and mm-hmm. whatever's behind it. Mm-hmm. I, but I don't make pieces for other people. I, I don't, I'm not in the business of making any kind of um costume piece and selling it so i wouldn't sure. i wouldn't say i'm a, a costume maker i make stuff for myself
0: well there's a lot of people i know who they do make stuff mostly for themselves but they do always tend to make it they rarely outsource or buy anything or maybe if they buy something they're always heavily modifying it so um that's that's really i do I do,
1: mo- I do heavily i do heavily modify. absolutely
0: okay
1: i don't think anything uh, is there anything i wear off the shelf well the a tan of heels sure um, in some cases, the coats. Mm-hmm. Those are largely about clothes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think I mentioned I have like a few different coats and vests and, and canes, but the, the corset piece itself from Sue, nice corset. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's based on the Adam Hughes Zatanna Marquette. Right. That's definitely custom. One of the things you find every day to fit you mm-hmm. just right, the way yeah. you want it, you have to make it custom.
0: Yeah, or at least have it retailered a little after you bought it.
1: I have blown so much money on things that were almost right and Mm -hmm. then trying to perfect it. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I was first doing um, uh, Aphrodite 9 from Top Cow, Mm -hmm. it's the picture right over there, Blade Runner style looking genetically altered assassin, I bought a $300 skirt because Mm -hmm. it looked kind of like it. And Mm -hmm. I'm looking back and I am so stupid. I I'm, was I'm thinking I was so stupid because I just ended up getting a piece of leather that was even tore up nice the way it was supposed to be and then mm-hmm. sewn into pleats as opposed to buying a fancy pleated skirt. I
2: mean,
1: mm. uh, when I first started out, I, I, uh, I was a little shy of um, getting in and started tearing up and playing it. With, because I, I'm used to, with pixels, I'm, I'm not used to making anything yep. Um, yep. Um, real world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like I can mock up. Uh, I'm omnipotent when it comes to digital.
0: Uh-huh. Okay, all right. No, and, and that makes sense. I mean, uh, I think with certain items, it's easy to uh, to modify. It depends on what you're talking about. Um, and also, if it's cheap enough, like maybe you score something nice at a thrift store and, hey, if it was a $20 experiment, okay, you know, give it a try. But you're right. If you're talking $300, you are getting into money where you might as well have it custom made.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So I can agree with that. Unless it really is the thing, you know, like, that is the ID brand name skirt that she wore, but obviously you're dealing with a comic book character, so that's not going to apply.
1: You had asked me what costumes I'm working on now. Yes. Um, And I had mentioned before that I'm still working on uh, red skin for Deja, but I'm also, uh, my next iteration of Wonder Woman, I'm kind of in between uh, Wonder Woman looks right now, Uh, I'm working on designing a, a sword. One woman's sword. Because that's one of the few things I like from the new 52. Oh, okay. It's a short sword she wears on her side. It's kind of a leaf-shaped blade. Mm-hmm. most Hobbit-like. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I willed some. It feels really good in my hand, So I'm, I'm uh, working on designing that. Uh, my first original design is a steampunk. Mm-hmm. Put all together, it's got many layers. Depending on how hot or cold it is. Mm-hmm. Um, looks very proper. Kind of Dickens-ish. But as you peel away the different skirts and whatnot, it looks more like a dance hall girl mm-hmm. or... or adventurous babe so as she's going along with the adventure you know she's getting more tough and rugged can like, mm-hmm. you can take off parts and and have um things reveal like you know guns strapped to the thigh and all that kind of thing
0: so it'll be uh, appropriate for all temperatures and potential uh conventions that's the idea mm-hmm. very cool very cool so tell me about uh the new wonder woman you're putting together
1: um, my current one is uh, satin. It's kind of my in-between. Um, I've got the, some some custom armor ready to go, but my next one's going to be um, all mostly leather and uh, more of a gladiator-type influence, um, something that I'm playing with the design, not an exact uh, recreation from a comic, but something that would be halfway between a comic book interpretation and something real-world that would, might be used for, for the movie or what have you. With more pleats. Like, I have a gladiator pleat Wonder Woman skirt now. Right. It's never worn yet before. I guess mm-hmm. largely because I needed a sword. Yeah. But now this next one's going to uh, have... I've got sculpted abs for the side. Give it some more definition. Nice. More of a cuirass-type cuirass um, top. Mm-hmm. That. am um, not quite sure how the bottoms are going to be... Um, how small or bore shorter it, mm-hmm. it would be. But because it's leather, um, uh, this was actually, the satin was a nice uh, test drive mm-hmm. to see how I want to attach the breastplate and everything. Right. And uh, my friend who did the body mold of uh, my head did a full body mold for me and, and sculpted some stylized W's that should be a lot more form-fitting and mm-hmm. um, less uh, less blocky. Gotcha. Uh, I would say my breastplate right now is, is kind of like a Lego breastplate where it's kind of blocky. It's not quite as contoured or shaped. Okay. Um, I'll show you if you want. Okay. But I got the new mock-up, which will fit much better over my body type, my rack. <laughs> which I'm really surprised when I say my rack, when I refer to my rack, that some people at um, a, con- a convention I was on a costuming panel, uh-huh. they were shocked. They went, Ah, oh, she said rack. Mm. I, 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 curves. I, I got them. Um, they're in comic books I'm, when I was a little girl I, I really wanted to grow up and look like Jane Russell and I had no idea how rare that would be to have those curves so I'm just really lucky that my mom had the genes mm-hmm. for for these curves So, uh-huh. and I refer to it as my rack breastplate, chestplate I mean a lot of times you're talking about your Wonder Woman costume you yeah. gotta you talk about womanly parts my womanly yeah. bits yeah. these tracks of land and <laughs> I like the word rack I don't mean to offend anybody
0: Um, yeah, there, there's more offensive terms if you really want to go for them, but no, I, I understand you gotta, hey, hey, it's part and parcel with, uh, trying to figure this stuff out. So, uh, actually I know that, uh, what is it, Katie and Terry and Vicky are all talking about we need to have a, a, a special cosplay, uh, podcast about, um, not just talking about that kind of thing, but also in particular, like, things like dance belts and, and how to best handle things like tights for both men and women so that you, uh you're handling private parts better than some people always do. So, yeah.
1: Indeed. And um, for those who have things that could shift or fall, I'm a big proponent for pasties um, underneath your costume, even Mm -hmm. if it does seem um, well-rooted there. I I don't know about many girls out there, but I know I like to do the the jump test, the shake test, Mm -hmm. make sure I don't um, pop out. And also... It's, it's nice to cover your bases because I've actually had somebody Photoshop that I didn't have pasties underneath. So it looks like I, I popped out of my uh. Scarlet Witch at one convention. And a girlfriend who was with me at the time saying, oh, I know that's wrong because she's got pasties underneath because we dressed together. So, uh.
2: so it's, it kind
1: of covers that. But once in a while they'll, they'll show it's, it's got to be well-placed pasties. But it's better that they show than anything else. Mm-hmm.
0: Very true. Very true. So it's good that you're covered both literally yes, and because
1: two-way tape only does so much. If you get hot and sweaty, it mm. doesn't stick. Mm. Good to know. Uh, definitely. Well, mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone does a photo test.
0: Not everyone. I mean, it's something I recommend, but uh, it's not it's not as common as you'd like to.
1: Video test would be better.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, keep in mind, how many guys have you seen at Comic Con who clearly have never heard of a dance belt and they're wearing tights and you know practically everything's on display, and you're like, okay, you yeah. and you and you're not sure if they're just ignorant of that, like they had no or idea, or they want to, or they want to, yeah, they're trying. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> I think that about wraps this up. Any final thoughts?
1: Well, if you think about um, costuming, there is a great community of people like Bob out there that um, have a wealth of knowledge uh, to uh, break down beloved characters and new ones. And that I hope uh, if you're a diehard fan, um, you give it a try because there's really something different about when you you step in and become a part of the, the mythos you love so much. It really takes it to another level. So um, I encourage it, if you uh, might be of the mind, to go out there and have fun.
0: Have fun and uh, and represent. Actually, um, yeah, no. It's, uh, it's a much more interactive way to attend conventions, I find.
1: Conventions, or uh, for those who are interested in doing charity work, there are some groups out there that reach out to other cosplayers to uh, join them at uh, various appearances for for charity, Mm -hmm. for for hospitals. Yeah, search out for these people online. Everyone's more than um, been helpful uh, to me. There is a lot of support to be found out there. And be sure to drop a note back, write back to them, because I know sometimes um, I've had uh, girlfriends that would pour their heart out into a note to help somebody out and they won't even get a word back i mean i want to hear if someone goes out there and and does something based on or possibly inspired or uses some of the information that me or my friends put out there from a project we love to hear what other people are doing with it Mm -hmm. so uh, yeah give a shout back
0: awesome well i think on that note we'll uh, be calling it a day on this episode so thank you so much for being here valerie
1: my pleasure bob i wouldn't miss it (laughs)
0: And we'll be back next week with more talk on costume station zero.